0: Uh, this is week three on a mission. So just to kind of recap where we've been and uh, kind of where we're going today. Week one we talked about how uh, it's our, our lives are supposed to be all about the mission. Like we we're not supposed to just be uh, a Sunday mission kind of kind of lifestyle. We're supposed to be everyday kind of mission lifestyle. Okay, going from fans. To the field, we're not supposed to just be spectators watching somebody else live out the mission. We're supposed to be on the field ourselves. Because how many you guys know that sometimes watching a game can be really painful and and not satisfying? Is that I was really speaking to somebody this morning? Okay, really, really not satisfying. Uh, But so we're talking about we're not supposed to just be fans. We're supposed to go to the field. And then last week and this week we're talking about the specifics really of how we do that. Uh, last week we talked about serving. Okay, we talked about how uh, you know we are called as Christians to literally lower ourselves, humble ourselves, and be a slave to everybody, a servant. And when we lower ourselves to serve the world, God lifts us up and lifts up truly not just us but the world around us as well. And so today, this week is the other side of that coin. It's they're not mutually exclusive. Uh, I would not advise doing one and not doing the other. If you didn't catch the message last week, I highly encourage you to listen to it. Kind of really as the supplement of what we're talking about today. Last week was all about serving. Today is all about sharing. Turn to somebody and say, share. And the way we're going to look at that method, the way we're going to look at that method is the title of the message today. And that method is split the sandwich, okay? Turn to somebody next to you and say, split the sandwich. Let's pray and we'll get kicked off today. God, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, God, that God, you created us for not just a sedentary, stationary lifestyle, but God, you called us to make a difference and an impact in the world around us, God. And we just thank you that you've invited us and called us into your mission for the world. And Lord, we just pray today that you would open up our eyes to see your word, that you'd encourage us, that you'd motivate us, that you would embolden us, empower us to live out the mission that you have for us. And God, to truly live it out the way that you desire us to do. God, let it all be for your glory, and let it truly change the community and the lives of the people that are all around us every day. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, So, split the sandwich. That's what we're going to talk about today. Who's hungry? Anybody hungry in here? See, I'm strategic as a pastor, okay? I talk about food on Sunday morning, because everybody's thinking about lunch right now, okay? So now you're on the edge of your seat. All right. No. Okay. Not really. Everybody wants a sandwich on Sunday. You want like the good stuff. Go get some raisin canes or something. But anyways, so, uh, so last week, like I said, we talked about the serving, um, and the weeks before we talked about how our mission is to spread the good news about Jesus to the world. That is what our mission is to spread the good news about Jesus to the world. And we talked last week about how we do that by serving. And this week we're talking about the way we do it by sharing the good news. How many of you guys believe that the news about Jesus is good news? How many of y'all believe that in Jesus there is forgiveness? How many of y'all believe that in Jesus there is freedom? How many of of y'all believe that in Jesus there is new life? Do we believe that as a church that in Jesus there is eternal life? Come on, there is hope and there is healing in Jesus. And that's what our mission is all about. It's all about the good news that is only found in Jesus. Now, I'm not somebody that normally uh, likes to use a whole lot of churchy jargon and churchy words. I really and not not that there's anything wrong with it. But I just I like to break it down uh, for people. If maybe they didn't grow up in church or whatever. But one of the the terms that I really, really love is the term sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel. And if you weren't brought up in church, uh, the word gospel, actually, it literally just means good news. It comes from the Old English, uh, goad and spell, for all you guys who are philologists, that means uh, languageologists. Okay, but anyways, uh, so if you look at it, it it literally just meant good news. That's what it means. Sharing the gospel is literally, literally just sharing the good news. In Greek, it was euangelios, in uh, Latin, it was evangelium, which is where you get evangelist, where you get evangelism. And it, you, angel, meant good news. Angel literally just means a messenger, a news bringer. So when you say God's angels, you're literally just saying God's news bringers. That's what they were. So the good news is the gospel. The gospel is the good news. And so, so many times, I think we look at the term sharing the gospel, and it's intimidating you know, because usually it's been uttered by somebody in a three-piece suit and you need to share the gospel, right? I think the laughing is because you guys have maybe heard that before, right? You need to share the gospel and it's with a pointed finger pointing at you and you're like, oh my goodness, I haven't shared the gospel. Or at least not the way this guy shares the gospel. Or I've seen people on TV share the gospel and I don't think I could speak like that. And they've got all these arguments and I've read C.S. Lewis a little bit, but you know what? I, oh my goodness, I get so intimidated. And we overcomplicate things. We get intimidated and we overcomplicate things. But the reason I love the phrase share the gospel is because there's really nothing complicated about sharing. It doesn't say perform the gospel. It doesn't say explain the gospel, although that may be a good thing to do. It doesn't say write an essay about the gospel. It says share the gospel. How many of you guys have ever shared anything before? Anybody share anything on Facebook? Okay, don't go there. If you share something on Facebook, I don't think it was probably good news, right? Sharing is easy. Sharing is easy. And so I came across this video on the Internet a few years ago that, to me, it just embodied what sharing the gospel as Christians really, truly should look like. Um, And so you guys might think, you know, I'm a pastor and so it's something super spiritual and it's this, like, 30-minute long um, you know, sermon on Matthew 28. It's not, it's a short little video. We downloaded it. It's in Spanish, but there are subtitles. Uh, you guys, why don't we just go ahead and watch it? This is a picture of what sharing the gospel really should look like. No, tú al otro lado. Tú aquí. A ver, que te ayudo. Aquí. Vamos a hacer unas fotos. Lo que pasa es que el fotógrafo se ha retrasado. Yo me voy a ir a buscar al fotógrafo y luego hacemos las fotos mientras tanto vosotros podéis ir merendando, ¿vale? Yo me voy y vengo en cinco minutos. Cinco. Vale. A ver, cuando yo me vaya, ¿eh? Contanos a tres. Uno. Dos. Tres. Tres. Split the sandwich. Turn to somebody next to you and say, split the sandwich. A lot of times we overcomplicate the idea of sharing the gospel. When the truth is, the, the simple reality is, we have the good news about Jesus. We have the news that there is forgiveness. There is new life. There is freedom. There is healing. There is hope in this world. And there's so many in the world who don't have it. And simply all we've got to do is split the sandwich. Wow, they need something, just give it. It's, 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 I have three thoughts about sharing. Because a lot of times we let the word gospel intimidate us. But the truth is it's a whole lot more sharing than it is you know, an hour long sermon. It's a whole lot more like that than what we sometimes intimidate ourselves into thinking it really truly is. And so here's the three thoughts I want to share about sharing, share about sharing. And the first one is this, is that sharing is simple. You can write this down if you're taking notes or if you're taking notes on the Victory app. The first is sharing is simple. Sharing the gospel is simple. In that video, you would agree, right, that one child had something and the other one didn't. You would agree that one of them had something that the other one wanted and needed, Right? And at no point in this whole situation in this experiment, at no point was the child worried about. Oh, I need to get a sandwich slicer. Hold, on. I need to get the angle just right and make sure that I split the sandwich in just the perfect, exact, correct, right way. They didn't do that, did they? What did they do? They said, "Oh, you need this uh, here. Just take it. It's simple." We have the good news about Jesus. It's simple. It's as simple as splitting the sandwich. I think so many times, especially in the South, we, we let a lot of uh, cultural stigma and boundaries kind of come in and suffocate us a little bit. Uh, like, oh, I don't want to be a bother. <laughs> you know? Now, I'm not making fun, okay? Literally, my grandpa had such a thick drawl, I couldn't understand him sometimes, okay? That's why my country accent is so good. Anyways, I, I don't want to be a bother. My mama always said, don't talk about religion with strangers, right? Well, don't talk about religion with them. Talk about Jesus. You don't have to talk about religion with people. Talk about Jesus and talk about what he's done in your life. It's, it's so simple. If we're going to do our part, in making a difference in the world. If we're going to do our part in literally sharing the good news. If we're going to do our part of humbling ourselves and delivering the good news to the world. We've actually not just got to serve, but we got to open our mouths and tell people about Jesus. That we can't just serve them and leave them feeling good and then wonder why we served them in the first place. We've got to serve and we've also got to share. we got to point them Something that's even better than whatever physical need that we meet when we serve. There's something so much deeper underneath that we truly... uh, Every person in America needs Jesus. Every person in the world needs Jesus. And we can't keep buying into culture's lies of, Oh, I'm good. I don't need God. That is the underlying thing of when we say, I don't want to bother people. Like... No joke, if you you had a cure to cancer, you wouldn't want to bother the cancer patient with the cure. We have healing, we have forgiveness, we have new life, we have hope. It's not going to bother somebody to be made new in Jesus. When you found new life and hope and healing, it didn't bother you, did it? And so the truth is, we can't buy into culture's live. No, I'm good. I, I don't need God. Do you know that literally this year, in June, this is the most recent statistic I could find, but since the pandemic, the CDC let out a statistic that 40% of adults, 40, that's almost half, 40% of adults during the quarantine have reported struggling with their mental health or a start or increase in in substance abuse. We can't buy into cultures live. I'm good. I don't need God. We live in a world that is hurting. We live in a world that needs hope. We live in a world that is truly darkened by the enemy of their souls. And they, and just like we too once needed the light of Jesus to enter into our dark soul, so does every other person that we come in contact with. They need Jesus. They need us to not worry about bothering them, but see that they're hungry. I've got the sandwich. I'm just going to split it and give it to you. I don't care how it comes out. I don't care if the split isn't exactly right, if there's some rough edges of what I'm saying. But I love you. I care about you. I'm just going to give. I'm going to give. We live in a world that, where, where they, they're without hope. Their, their souls are literally thirsty. And look at what Proverbs 25 says. Like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is the good news. Like cold water to a thirsty soul is the gospel. This is the good news. We have exactly what the world is. Need. It's simple. And not only that, Jesus knew that the world needed it, And so that's why he commanded it. Matthew 28. We looked at it a few weeks ago, but then Acts 1.8 is another way. That Jesus said it. I believe it's really two tellings of the same story. In Acts one eight, he says it this way: "You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and, and it not just so you can have a good goosebumpy church service, but so that you will be my somebody say this word witnesses. You will be my witness. That's what the Holy Spirit truly is for. Is what you, there's a lot of things, but this is what Jesus. The words coming out of his mouth: You're going to receive the Holy Spirit, so you're going to be my witness." And you're going to tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, that means in Baton Rouge, in your city, throughout Judea, in your region, in Samaria, to the people that don't look like you or talk like you, and to the ends of the earth, everywhere you go. And check out what he said. He didn't say you're going to be my professionals. Right? He didn't say you're going to be my performers. He didn't say you're going to be my scholars. Again, nothing wrong with any of those things, but he didn't say that Jesus literally used this word, which was a legal term. Like if anybody ever seen a court drama or a, or a crime show, anybody in here? Y'all are all lying. Hey, somebody's seen a court show. There we go. You be, you'll be my witnesses. That's what the word literally was that he used was the legal term for a witness in court. You're going to be my witness. And so many times we intimidate ourselves thinking that it's not simple, that it's so complicated, and I've got to memorize all this stuff, and I can't look like an idiot when I'm talking, and, oh, I'm going to bother them, and blah, blah, blah. Jesus didn't say, he said, you're going to be my witness. You're going to be my witness. And so many times we look at that and we think of like an expert witness, right? But that's not the only kind of witness there is. I'm not a legal scholar, but I did go to the Justice Department's website and looked at the three types of witnesses, Okay. <laughs> So this is literally straight from the government's mouth, okay? There's three types of witnesses, and the first one is the expert. There, is, there, there are expert witnesses, okay? That's your CSI people, forensic scientists, look at things through a microscope, be like, no, his fingerprint was on that gun, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's, that's an expert. And there are some experts, okay? I'm not saying that there aren't experts. I'm not saying you shouldn't try to be an expert. But if you're not an expert, that's okay. That's, in, in sharing the gospel, the expert witness is like a C.S. Lewis, Right. Or, or, you know, or somebody who literally is just so incredibly smart that it just gives you a headache thinking about it. OK, that those are expert witnesses. And for some people, when they read an expert witness's testimony, it's like, yes, OK, that's what I needed to hear. And that's fantastic. But there's only, this is only one type of witness. There's two other types. All the all the dumb people like me say, amen. OK, <laughs> you don't got to be an expert. The second kind is this, called a lay witness, which is a non-professional. This is what eyewitnesses are. And, and, And look at what they say from the Justice Department website, not from me, okay? Justice Department says, the lay witness is not there to speak of any expertise. Literally, you can't get into science if you're a lay. They'll do objection. He's not smart, okay? That's what they'll do. He's not an expert. He can't talk about that. This is what the lay witness, the only thing that they can get up there legally and talk about is what they have physically experienced. You don't have to be an expert. Look, there's, there's actually an example of this in the Bible. John chapter 9, one of my favorite stories from the Bible. Jesus, you remember the story where Jesus spits in the mud and heals this guy of blindness? I mean, even if there was a CSI guy, I don't think he could testify as to the mud and the blind healing, you know, whatever. But so there's this man who's literally blind from birth and the Jews believe that it was because he was sinful and he was blind from birth and Jesus loves him, has compassion on him. And in Jesus, there is healing. He spits in the mud, rubs it on the man's eyes and boom, he tells him to go wash off in this pool called Siloam and boom, immediately he could see. Jesus tells him to go to the Jewish leaders and present himself so he can be ceremonially clean and welcome back into the community of the Jews. And so when he goes, the Jewish leaders hate Jesus, so they don't believe the man. They're like, no, 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 no. What? What? How were your eyes even opened? And look at what he says. The man, that I guess his name is Jesus? They call him Jesus. He, he made some mud and he put it on my eyes and he told me to go to the pool of Siloam and wash his... So I went and washed, and then I could see. He split the sandwich, and, and look at that—they get mad at him. They keep—they're like, no, "No, no, no, Jesus isn't." They said that Jesus was healing people by demons and all. Jesus is an evil man. That's not true. And this is what he said: Hello. Well, whether he's evil or not, I don't know. But you know, all I do know is that I was blind, but now I can see. Yeah. It's not complicated, and so many times. And again, I'm not talking down to us about this. I'm saying it to hopefully peel back the blindness of our own eyes. That culture has put in so many boundaries and constrictions. It's not complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated. The third type is this, and I love this: the the character witness. You, you didn't actually have to see a miracle happen. You didn't, but the character witness literally just gets up there. And they, they speak about the character of the person who's on trial. They're there to vouch. No, I know him. Anybody in here can speak to God's character? Is there anybody in here who can testify and say, God is good? No, I know that God is loving. I know that God is good. I know that God wants to heal the world. I know that God died on the cross. I know. I know him. I know his character. Every person in here can be a witness. You don't have to be an expert to be a witness. In fact, there's two whole types of witnesses that aren't experts. That's twice as more. I went to Louisiana public school, okay? I know how to do this. So in theory, we should outnumber the experts. I'm just going to leave that one right there. All right. And the second thing is this sharing is simple. and the second thing is this, is sharing is enjoyable. Not when we let pressure and constrictions come on us, and I've got to say the right thing. I just I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to bother them. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, That's not enjoyable. It's not. But how many of you guys in the past, I'm going to go real broad here. I could probably say in the past day, but I'm going to say the past week, past two weeks. Anybody in here recommended a movie to someone or a TV show or an internet service or an app or a restaurant. Uh, people are like, oh, I was going to restaurants, right? No. I say it because everybody's like, well, I mean, yeah, i have done that. I didn't have, when you did it, you didn't have to like go on the internet and research the director. Right? And say all the films that they've directed before. That movie that you recommended to somebody. Right? You didn't have to find a list of your favorite quotes. To tell them about, no, 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 what what happened? It was a really good movie. Oh, you should totally see it. Done. (laughs) Right? And check this out. C.S. Lewis says it this way. That, I'm going to an expert witness, because I'm not smart, okay? But he says this, is that when we share with someone about something we enjoy, it's not detracting from our enjoyment in fact it's not even expressing the enjoyment we think that when we share with somebody about something we he said it's not expressing the enjoyment it's not detracting it's not expressing it what it's actually doing is, is it's completing the enjoyment let me read this quote that he said we delight to praise to speak out loud what we enjoy Because the praise not merely expresses, but it completes the enjoyment. It is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it's expressed. It's frustrating, he says, to have discovered a new author and not to be able to tell anyone how good he is. To come suddenly at the turn of a road upon some mountain valley of unexpected grandeur. He's never been to Louisiana, okay. Obviously. Uh, And then have to keep silent about the mountain because the people with you don't really care about it. He says that it's frustrating to hear a good joke and find no one to share it with. And look at what he says. He says that the Scottish church said that man's chief end is to glorify God, speak out loud, and enjoy him forever. But he says this, we shall then know in eternity that these are the same thing. To glorify him and to enjoy him. Fully to enjoy is to glorify. In commanding us to glorify him, God is really truly inviting us to enjoy him. I was not smart enough to write that. Okay, (laughs) Sharing is enjoyable. It's literally the fulfillment of the enjoyment. When we enjoy the goodness of God. I'm going to tell you something. Some of us need to realize that the best motivation for sharing and not necessarily psych yourself up to worship throughout the week. Worship, worship in the morning. So then, when you go to work, you're ready to share because, man, you're just full of enjoyment. You're full of that joy. Well, I, I, I love being grafted into the family that I am. I'm so thankful for it. And uh, my wife Jennifer's grandfather and Pastor Ben's grandfather, their brother and sister. In case you didn't know, uh, their their grandfather Samuel Doctorian. He was a professional. He was an expert, really uh, evangelist. Over 120 countries, he went to sharing the gospel. Preaching the good news, and the thing that I, I, I love uh, from from getting to know him before he went to heaven, and getting to hear all the stories about him, is that it it wasn't it wasn't a job. It was literally just the expression of who he was in his relationship with Jesus. He enjoyed God so much, and he enjoyed people so much that it was just natural for him. He preached probably just as many sermons on airplanes next to people than he did in big arenas filled with thousands of people and it wasn't but it was because sharing the gospel was not about the crowd it wasn't about the performance it was about how good god was to him and how good god could be to the people next to him the bible says taste and see that the lord is good it it echoes what we said earlier in the series about how jesus saying go and live out this mission my joy will be in you and your joy will be what complete full Sharing is enjoyable. It's the completion of that joy. And the last thing is a sharing is loving. Sharing is loving. How many of y'all were touched when those kids started to split the sandwich? Some of you got your own kids and you were like, are they going to share? <laughs> but you were touched when they started to split the sandwich because in... In your heart of hearts, it spoke to something deep down that God has put in there from before you were even created. That you were called to meet the needs of the people around you. And when you see someone else doing it, it evokes something in you. To see someone else living out the love that you know that you and I were created to do, it evokes something, it moves something, it stirs something in you. Some of you guys have maybe heard this quote before from um, St. Francis of Assisi, which is a horrible last name. They should have changed that, Um, especially for a man. You don't want to be called a sissy. Anyways, um, but the quote is this. Preach the gospel at all times and use words if necessary. That's a a very good quote, but the only problem is he didn't say that. It's actually misquoted, and it kind of... Throws everything, my entire message today kind of under the bus. You don't have to use words. But that's not what he said. The reason I wanted to bring that up is because what he said was so good. He said this. It's no use walking anywhere. You can bring up the quote. It's no use walking anywhere to preach unless our walking is our preaching. He didn't say don't preach. He didn't say just live your life and that's good enough. He said no, 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 no. Your words... Your preaching, your sharing the gospel has got to be backed up by your walk and your love. You can't just tell people that God loves them. Show them God loves them too. It's not, they're not mutually exclusive. They're the two sides of the same coin. Serve people in love and point them to the ultimate love that's only found in Jesus. We're called to love the people around us and share the ultimate love, which is Jesus. I love the term sharing the gospel. And I was alarmed this week when I was studying to find that the term sharing the gospel isn't actually found in the Bible. Not once. But there's one verse where it came from, where Paul talks about, uh, I didn't just share the gospel with you. Like he, he, It's not exactly there, but look at, look at the context of where this verse came from. Paul says this at 1 Thessalonians 2.8. Talking to the church in Thessalonica, he says this. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only the gospel, but everything we had. What What a perfect conclusion to this series of of talks and thoughts on the mission that God has for us. We look at, think about your neighbor. I encourage you, especially as we're getting close to November and it's an easy time to invite people to church and be thinking of the people in your life right now that you could say, you know what? I love them so much that I'm going to share not only my life with them, but I'm going to share the gospel with them. I love them too much to not share the gospel with them. There's a, a, a video that preachers probably use. We've probably even shown it in this church before. But uh, there's this famous magician uh, by the name of Penn Gillette, Penn and Teller. He's there's the tall one who talks and the short one who doesn't talk. He's the tall one who talks. Um, but he's not only a famous magician; he's a famous atheist. And one night after one of his shows, a man uh, came up to him and he he gave him a Bible. And it moved the professional atheist who's literally put out you know feature-length TV shows about how the Bible can't be trusted and how it's horrible and all this stuff and how it's evil. And this man gives him a Bible and it touched, it moved this atheist so much that he he went on YouTube and he recorded a video which he's since taken down, I think. Uh, but in the moment, you could tell how moved and touched he was that this man gave him a Bible. And this is what he said. Look! Look at how easy and simple it is for, for you to affect somebody who even is a staunch opponent to the good news. He says this about the man given him a Bible. It was really wonderful. He, he wasn't defensive. He was he was truly complimentary about the things he said about what we did. He was really nice, kind, and sane. Look how low the bar is for us, everyone. Okay. You have to be nice and not crazy. I think we could do that, right? But look at what he said. And this is the atheist saying it, not me, so you can get mad at him, not me. But he said this. is that I, He said he never understood why people could actually truly. He doesn't believe in heaven and hell, but he doesn't understand why people can believe in heaven and hell. And then not try and tell people about it. That's this is what the atheist said, not me, so don't get mad at me. He said, and this is the words he said. He said, How much do you have to hate someone to believe that hell is real and they could be going and not tell them? He said, if I believed that a bus was coming to hit you, at some point I'm going to tackle you. And again, it's it's not it's not pretty. It's not exact. It, the, Slices aren't cut the exact right way. But we've got to love God and love people so much to where we're moved to not keep our mouths shut. Don't, I'm not saying be crazy. I'm not saying force something down someone's throat. If you've recommended a movie, you can recommend church to somebody. If you've recommended a restaurant, you can recommend God the only answer to all the problems that they're experiencing in their life at this very moment. Sharing is simple. Sharing is loving. It's the true expression of love. And just like a kid care enough to split the sandwich, so much more can we care about literally giving out the gift of eternal life to somebody. Because eternal life is the only gift that you could split, and somehow you don't get any less. So wherever we're at this morning, I just want to encourage everybody, bow your heads, close your eyes. This is not a message at all meant to draw you into shame or guilt about not sharing the gospel. I'm going to tell you something right now. This morning, before I preach this message, I could not come up on this stage and, and speak this message without first messaging somebody who God had laid on my heart for uh, honestly a long time and I had not reached out to them. And so I realized he didn't accept DMs on Twitter. I realized that he hadn't been on Facebook since about a year ago and I asked a friend to request him. And so I just got on Twitter and I, I messaged him. This guy that I worked with in college, um, it wasn't a C.S. Lewis quote. It wasn't something incredibly crazy. I talked about something we have in common, which is we both like soccer. And I told him, hey, I hope you're doing well. I'm praying that God blesses you wherever you're at right now. Some of us maybe are, along the way, if that conversation goes further, I can I can hopefully maybe be there And and help lead him specifically to Jesus. But Paul said, Look, don't worry about what role you play. He said, Look, I planted the seed, another disciple watered it. God's going to be the one who brings the harvest. It's simple. Split the sandwich, they're in need. So, with our heads bound, our eyes closed this morning. At the end, I'm going to pray just a prayer of, uh, uh, that, this, that God would just release his spirit in a new measure on all of us today. That he would move us to be uh, emboldened, to, to break past culture's walls that it's set up around us. And, and, to, and to, that God would truly break the lies of the enemy. That, that people are good. They don't need Jesus. They don't need to be bothered by God right now. That we would, be, that we would move into boldness. But before we do any of that, I just want to pray uh help anybody in either this room or watching in with us online who want to accept god's good news who want to accept that god's forgiven them who want to take hold of that new life turn from their old ways and accept the new life that god's given them and if that's you this morning i can ask you to do anything crazy i can ask you to come down the aisle literally just want you to raise your hand wherever you're at with literally no one looking around. There's no shame. And, and we just want to pray with you this morning to accept that new life. If you're watching in online on the Victory Live, you can uh, you know, ask for prayer. Uh, you can even raise your hand on the digital platform. Uh, if you're on Facebook, you can DM the church. And just ask someone to pray this with you. And wherever you're at, it's not the words that save you. It's, it's the faith in your heart. It's the belief, the trust in Jesus. So, if you want to pray that prayer this morning, I'm just going to count to three this morning. Uh, nothing magical is going to happen when I count to three. This is literally just between you and God. But the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand if you want to pray that prayer this morning. One, God loves you. He died for you. Two. He wants to give you new life. He died so you could have it. Three. I see those hands. Awesome. I believe in those hands online as well. See the hands in the room. If you raised your hands this morning, and even if you didn't raise your hands, I want you to pray this prayer out loud with me. Help the ones who did raise their hands. No one's being singled out this morning. But if you want to take hold of that new life, I just ask you pray this prayer with me. Say, dear God, I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for loving me so much that you died on the cross to take my place. That you died for my sins so I could be forgiven. God, I turn from my old ways. I turn from that old life. And I take hold of the new life that you offer me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for all those who prayed that prayer this morning? I'm so proud of you if you prayed that prayer this morning. so proud of you. It's the best decision you will ever make in your life. And for all of us in here this morning who already have the gospel, who already believe in Jesus. I want us to all go ahead and stand up wherever we're at this morning. And I want to pray a prayer, just a release of God's spirit, a release of boldness, new boldness, that we would go into the world and not be bound by culture's walls and, and culture's rules and regulations, but that we would truly just be loving to the people around us and express that love in the truest, fullest way that we can. God, I just pray for every person in this room. Jesus, I pray for the ones even who were made new this morning, God, that you would ignite a new fire in every single one of us, God, that we wouldn't be content to see our neighbors hurting and hopeless in the middle of this hopeless time, that we would not be content to not bother someone with the best news that they could ever hear. Jesus, I pray that your spirit would come in and would just come into our hearts, release a new fire and a new fire boldness, Lord, a new power. Uh, God, just give us wisdom and words that are beyond our wisdom. Give us words that are not our own. And God, let us just point to you in everything that we do. God, so that the hopeless would find hope, that the hurting would find healing. And God, that we would usher in your kingdom to the community and to the people around us. God, we thank you for every miracle that you're going to do by turning even one sinner from their ways to new life. God, we pray that you would use us broken vessels, us who, us sinners ourselves. God, use us to point people to the hope that's founded you. We love you and we worship you and we thank you, God, that you came on the mission for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Can everybody say a good amen this morning? Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen thank you guys so, so much for being here this morning. We're so, so thankful you were here. God bless you guys. We'll see you guys next Sunday.